Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Voices of the Vic. We are back after our pre-season break. We've recharged our batteries and we're back with a brand new series um, this is my, I think this is our fifth season now um, covering Watford. Uh, I can't believe it's been for that long. Can you? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it is mad. Uh, I think I, I may be to blame a little bit on that. I, I went a bit crazy with the seasons of Voices of the Vic and because of the pandemic, it sort of split up. But yeah, this is season five and um, we started in lockdown and we, we're heading into another season and Hopefully, it's just like the last uh, successful season for us uh, on the pitch and off the pitch. Yeah, our first, uh, another season back into the Championship. And this time, we can actually attend matches in the Championship. So, I think there's a bit of a buzz amongst the fan base for that because we did miss out last time. And there is good teams in this division. And it definitely will be more competitive for us uh, this season coming ahead. But, yeah, um, Mike, how are you doing? And thanks for joining me tonight. Um, saw you a few weeks ago, didn't I? Mm. Yeah, no, uh, we 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 caught up at your uh, at your wedding. Uh, honestly, like I'm not just saying this, and me and Ben have spoke about this since. It was an absolutely class day. Uh, <laughs> I got the uh, the privilege to be one of his groomsmen and toastmaster, so it was a good day had all rounds. Uh, and I, I woke up hungover free on both days, on the Saturday <laughs> itself and the Sunday as well. So that's always good. Um, and then I've. Being in Lanzarote this last week, I got back on Sunday evening. Um, so, yeah, um, very, very good. As you said at the top of the show, recharged our batteries. I certainly feel like I have done and I'm uh, I'm, I'm just buzzing for the season to get started now. We, we, we Our first game's on Sky as well, which is always good. And like you say, now we're in the Championship, I'm hoping to go more. Uh, I'm no longer manager of Alton Ravens for anyone that followed me doing that sort of thing on social media. So um, I'm, I'm going to definitely try and make it to more games next season. And uh, I, if anyone's looked this season coming in the championship, instead of it usually being a large cluster of teams in London, a lot of the teams are northern this year. So I'm, uh, I'm buzzing with that. So yeah, definitely no excuses from me to, not to go to more games this season. Well, I'm glad you actually... Um... Felt fine the day after the wedding, mate, and woke up with no hangover because I, I woke <laughs> up and I was sick. Yeah. <laughs> we was trying to we was trying to clear everything out the lodge, get the little girl into the car, and my missus was like, "I need to take her." She's starting to kick off. I was like, "I'll be there one minute." I had to go to the toilet for a tactical yeah. sick. Then I said, "Yeah, but yeah, no, unbelievable man. wedding." Yeah, no, and I really appreciate you being a toastmaster as well. And if, if anyone don't know, um. There was Watford themed tables at my wedding as well, wasn't there, Mike? And when we got announced back into a room as the new Mr. and Mrs. Aiton, we had Z cars as well, which was class. Um, and it worked really well. I thought it was that's a classic song to come into. Uh, but yeah, we're not here about talking about my wedding, unfortunately. Uh, we are here to discuss Watford and the summer so far. It's been a busy summer so far, Mike. Um, there's been lots of outs, there's been one in, there's another pe- potential in coming in as well. Um, so let's just dive straight into it. So at the moment, as of today, Tuesday, Watford have flown out to Austria for their pre-season camp. Uh, they're going to be staying out there for six days. Um, but Watford have left four stars behind. Uh, Emmanuel Dennis, Ismail Asar, Adam Messina and Danny Rose did not travel with the, uh, the club. I've heard that from Adam Leventhal that Dennis, Sar and Messina are at the training ground 
training with a club and Danny Rose is training on his own at a different location. Um, so make of that what you will. I imagine that Danny Rose is in communication with a club about terminating his contract and maybe looking for him to move elsewhere. Uh, Messina, I think that's on the card saying that he's got a potential move lined up. There's rumours of going back to Italy. Undanese is another possible uh, destination. And then we all know about Emmanuel Dennis and it's Malasar. What they're hoping for an offer to come in. There's been nothing yet, but fingers crossed something comes in soon. But one guy who will be travelling out to Austria as well is Yasser Espria. Uh, Watford signed him from a Colombian side in January, December time last year. And then it got made official a few months back when he actually turned 18. Um, so he will be linking up with his new teammates for the first time. But also travelling out there, Mike, is a uh, Watford's first signing off the summer. It's Bakun Bio. Um, we've signed him from a Belgium side on a five-year contract after an exciting spell in the Belgium's top flight where he scored 11 goals in 16 games and the fee's been reported for £5 million. Uh, Bio scored 45 non-penalty goals since 18-19 season. 19 of them is with his head, so you kind of know what he's going to bring to the team. And that last stat was from Lou Orns, who continues to bring out these amazing stats um, so nice one, Luans. Uh, Mike, what's your first thoughts on the signing of Bakumbayo? Yeah, I, I can't say sit here and confidently say that I know who he was or have heard of him before. Uh, I, I I did a, a, a little bit of research. Notice he played for uh, for Celtic, but like you say, um, we were just chatting before we went live. And if you look at his stats and who he's played for previously, he tends to play. Uh, at this sort of level, a second tier level. And to be fair to him, he, he generally tends to get goals. Other than Celtic, he's he's generally got goals wherever he's been. Like, you know, we saw him from Charleroi, if that's how you pronounce it, as you said, 16 games, 11 goals. Um, he was at Toulouse in 2021 20, uh, 20, season, um, 10 goals that season for Toulouse in 30 games. And um, he was at the, he was at a Slovakian team, Done straight out again. Don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, in 17, 18, and 18, 19, and he uh, he scored 14 goals in a total of uh, 25 games. So, you know, he, he like I say, he generally tends to play close trades at sort of a lower tier of football, and the second tier of football could be perfect for him to slot into in England. As we know, coming over to England is is such a big, big you know, thing, whether you're coming in at the Premier League Championship, it's a lot more physical. You don't get as much time on the ball in the Championship. So he's going to have to hit the ground running. And, you know, um, you know, he, he, a lot of people were negative about this signing, saying, why are we wasting €5 million Euros or however much it was on him? But let's just give him a chance. He's scored goals where he's been. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. As, as Ant said, uh, we, we can't generally get past the first man at a corner. So hopefully we've got someone that can do well on set pieces and we can exploit how well, how good he is in the air and score him with his head as well. Yeah, I've seen a few people joke about that when we announced the sign-in. Then uh, they actually asked him what kind of strike he was on a, a, the Watford um, YouTube channel and he said that he, he likes to use his head and that. And everyone was saying, well, that's no good to us because we can't get the ball <laughs> off the floor. So, uh, But hopefully things will change under Rob Edwards' And his teams in the past, like at Forest Green, he does like to cross the ball into a boxer. We will be seeing that a lot more this season. So, And obviously, Rob Edwards came in. He, he's told the board what kind of players he wants. They've gone and given him maybe a short list of players saying, we, we can get these players available. Do you want to have a look at these? And he's obviously said, yeah, he bio looks the right fit. He he fits my mould. He, he, he's big. He can struck, hold the ball up. He can head the ball in the back of the net. Um, so maybe that's going to work out for us in the championship next season. But like you say, Mike, he's, he, he did struggle at Celtic. He didn't score any goals there. And the, the Celtic fans did call him a bit of a flop. And I think he got two own goals in one game for him <laughs> as well. I think we've oh, yeah. seen that. Um, so he did score own goals for him. But since he's moved away from Celtic, it looks like he's really found himself at Toulouse and then the Belgium club as well. So 21 goals in two, three seasons isn't a bad return for a striker. Um, so hopefully he can hit the floor running in, at Watford. I think he's a Ivory Coast international as well. So he will know Hassan Kamara as well. 
um, which will probably help him settle in at the club. Um, but yeah, I, I think obviously there's there's lots of people unhappy because he's a Mogi Bayat uh, player, um, which is going to upset a few people. But at the moment, I don't think Watford can bring in many players until we can get other players off our wage bill and make a bit of money. So I think the only players available that could maybe possibly bring in at the moment are these players that are being offered. And we've got to remember that he gets a lot of st- a, a stick, Mogi Bayer, and I agree to a point, but he has brought in good players for Watford. He brought in Emmanuel Dennis. He was part of his Malasar deal. Hassan Kamara. Yes, there's been flops, but he's also found gems. And maybe Vacuum Bio could be possibly another gem that he's found to bring into Watford. Um, but yeah, that's one player through the door. Um, he, he's over in Austria at the moment. He actually played in Watford's uh, friendly at the weekend. He started, he did 45 minutes. Um, but there's there's a, there's a rumoured um, signing coming in from Barcelona, Mike. Mm. Um, it sounds more exciting than it possibly maybe is. Um, when you say a signing from Barcelona and our last mm. signing from Barcelona was Gerard Delefeu, we all know how well he did at Watford. Um, but this time it's an Albanian. He's um, already landed in England. He landed at Heathrow earlier on today and he's continuing talks with the clubs. And it's, um, I'm going to butcher this name, Mike. Um, you and me tried to have a go at this before we went on air and we're not quite sure how to pronounce it, but it's um, Ray Manja. Um, he's a 25-year-old um, Albanian international. He scored five goals in 30 appearances on loan at a Syria Air Club last season. Um, he, he's been... There was an interview, uh, a report came out in Spanish media yesterday, and supposedly he came out and said he's excited to be joining a, a team with um, with real hopes of returning to the Premier uh, Premier League this year. Um, supposedly Watford could be signing him on a free transfer from Barcelona, but Barcelona would be inserting a twenty percent sell-on fee. Uh, again, Mike, you probably don't know much about him. I certainly don't know much about him, but. If you do have any thoughts on it, what are they? <laughs> I, I, we we spoke before coming on air, Ben. I think it's a low risk signing. It, it's on a free. I can't imagine his wages will be ridiculously high. Um, yeah, it has that glitz and glamour attached to it. We signing a player for Barcelona. Uh, he's never actually made a first team appearance for Barcelona, to my recollection. Um, he's he's made more for Barcelona B. You know, as you say, he had a loan spell last season in Italy uh, for Spezia, I think it is. Uh, someone out there will probably tell me I pronounce that wrong, but um, five goals in thirty games. I, you know, I I can't really comment on it too much because I've not seen them play. I don't know the style of football they play. They might not have suited to to him. But you know, eleven games, twelve goals for Barcelona B. I think they're Spanish third tier Barcelona B, um, and generally tends to chip in with the odd goal here and there. Also had a spell at Granada. Um, made four first-team appearances for Inter Milan back in 2015-16 season as well. So, you know, he's got quite a decorated CV uh, for for a young man already. And I think a lot of people who, again, are very disgruntled at this signing um, have to remember that I I don't know if these are going to be playing as many minutes as people are expecting. I'd be very surprised if we openly... Championship season at home to Sheffield United with um, with this chap up from uh, Razor, I think it is. Is it? I, I can't even pronounce his name. Uh, but the chap from Barcelona up front with Bio, I'd be very surprised if they were the front two going into that game. Um, a, a player who I'm sure you've got listed down on there to speak about, Ben, is Johnson Clark Harris. He's the type yeah. that I think we should be going after. And you know, you can rotate the strikers. A lot of people seem to forget it's a 46-game season. So, you know, it's Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. It's relentless. So, we we are going to have to chop and change. And, you know, we, we've had strikers in, in the teams before where we've signed them and people have thought, oh, what a naff signing. They've turned out to be all right, chipping in here and there. You know, Parizza was the last one I can think of. If it wasn't for injuries and him being frozen out for whatever reason... I think he would have done really well. So, Next strike up the club, eh, Mike? <laughs> yeah, Christ. <laughs> I've still got that clip somewhere. Um, <laughs> that might have to resurface. Um, but no, in all seriousness, I think um, let's not judge it too harshly yet. And like I say, low risk, 
free transfer and I'm sure we'll be on low wages as well. So let's I'll be backing any player that comes through the door. Uh, and I think a few people need to realise that we don't perhaps have all this money. You summed it up perfectly, Ben. I think the big the bigger spending will come once Shah and Dennis are off the books. Yeah, well, we were talking before we came on air and I said to you about the players that we have brought in and maybe I'm surprised that we haven't gone into the English market at the moment, but the English market is an expensive market to go into. So maybe Watford do have targets in that and they're waiting to make their moves for that. But unfortunately, they're waiting to get rid of people like Saar, like Dennis, who are going to bring money into the club so then we can afford to make these moves. I do think we're going to add to our front line still. I, I don't think these two players will be it for up front now. Like you say, we've we've been linked with um, Clark Harris of Peterborough United, who got 12 goals in the Championship last year. Um, we've been linked with numerous other strikers from... Um, English sides as well. Um, Cameron Archer being one of them at Aston Villa, who's uh, having a pre-season under Stephen Gerrard at the moment. He's assessing him before he makes a, a decision on whether to keep him in the Aston Villa first team squad or send him out on loan. And I, I've heard that if he is to get sent out on loan, he, he'll probably come likely to us. I think Adam Leventer said that. Um, I think his relationship with Rob Edwards will be pretty key to getting that deal done but it's all up to whether Gerard wants to keep him or not um, Davis as well who was on loan at Forest last season he's another rumoured number nine striker so I do think we will dip into that market it's just a matter of time and biding our time um, with it but wasn't it last week and um, Mike that um, Rob Edwards he, he had an interview with Watford Observer and he actually said he would rather be patient and bring in the exact players that he wants instead of rushing it and not getting the right players. Um, and that's the way to do it, isn't it? I know a lot of people was impatient, waiting for that first signing. We heard about Bio signing for Watford, but there was no announcement for about four or five days. People were like, make a signing, make a signing. But it's crucial Watford get it right. Mm. And the reason being is, the last few seasons, as everyone has pointed out, there's been the transfers or the lack of or the type of transfers that we've had that we've not utilised the transfer market well enough and we've been poor with our signings. Yet now people are like, we want signings now, 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 now. Like, you either want to wait and we'll get the right players. As you said, Rob Edwards, more than happy to wait assess what he's got at the moment and then he'll be able to see. Let's not forget, he's he's new into it. He's still looking at who he thinks, oh, he might have a part to play next season. We've played one pre-season game, which effectively it was just to get some minutes in the legs. We've got our next pre-season game on Sunday. I think we've got Panathinaikos. And then we've got a load of other pre-season games. So we're only one pre-season game into it. Yes, other teams are doing their business early. That's not a problem. But you generally look at those teams and their, their staff have been in the role longer than Rob Edwards has. You know, I've noticed, um, let's say West Brom, for example, they've brought in Jed Wallace and, and John Swift, two players which I would have loved at Watford. But Bruce, he's been there a long time, uh, you know, a longer time than Rob Edwards. He's had time to look at his team and think, OK, this is who we need. This is Rob Edwards could be looking at that team and like, the Potters might be saying, well, um, we think that based on previous seasons, you might want to look in this department. And then he's looking at that team and he's thinking, well, actually, no, I think this player is, is good enough and we've got relevant backups. So people need to be patient um, to, to ensure that we have the best transfer market we can possibly have. Everything at the moment with Watford, um, especially with the last two Elton John concerts, Everything with Watford at the moment just seems more positive. There's more communication yep. within the club. There's obviously Elton John's just done two amazing shows, which I'm sure you'll you'll talk about at some stage on the pods because I know you went on Sunday. <laughs> so you know that he, he said some really encouraging words as well. Like I say, the communication's better. Rob Edwards is a breath of fresh air. Whatever you, whatever interview you watch with him, whether it's the WD18 lads that did one listen to the from the rookery ends and there's it just seems like uh, we're we, we slowly but surely getting our Watford back Luther Blissett's been named this is this might be a bit disrespectful from me because I can't remember exactly what he's been named but 
he's been put on something uh, uh, within the club. So I wonder if he likes president, remembering. I think. He, yeah. He's been requested to go on. I don't know whether he's accepted it or not, but he, yeah, he's been put forward for honorary life president, and it's, it's whether he wants to accept the role or not, because mm. there's lots so, of politics in the background, isn't there? Yeah. So everything at the moment, he's, he's getting better. So, you know, people just need to chill out a bit, and I'm sure a, Rob Edwards is, has got it under control. It's a step in the right direction so far for me, communication-wise. We, we've said about it, for weeks before the end of the season saying communication was poor, it needs to improve. And since that fans forum, yes, it, it wasn't done in the right way, but mm-hmm. through all those supporters groups and um, social media channels under a bus um, because they didn't announce it straight away after the meeting. And then they put out little bits and pieces, which upset the people who attended the meeting. But since then, I think we've learned from their mistakes on communication. It's been spot on since. Uh, Scott Duxbury's done a, a really long in, interview with the Watford Observer, Andrew French, which was absolutely outstanding, really good read, um, loads of articles. And then uh, Gino Pozzo's came out and put out a few words um, on Watford website to, um, after 10 years of owning the club. I think Watford fans needed that. I know some fans weren't happy and they wanted more from him. Uh, people saying he didn't write that, it was his secretary. At the end of the day, he popped out a statement, um, which I'm happy about. Um, so we've we've heard from Gino. Yes, it was small. We've heard from Scott. He's gone into depth with things. Um, everything's going in the right direction. And Rob Edwards is talking a lot to the media. And for communication from Rob Edwards and the connection with him and the club is just so much clearer than Claudio Ranieri, Roy <laughs> Hodgson. Um, and it's what Watford fans deserve um, to have a manager like that and it does remind you of the times of when we've had other managers like a Graham Taylor and it just brings it all back and like you say Mike with the Elton John concert as well Elton John I'm going to quote Elton John now he's saying you need to back the manager you need to back Rob Edwards and I I think that's a message not just to the boards but to the fans as well Um, Mm. you need to give him time uh, and then he he basically said he was unhappy with the lack of passion shown from the Watford players last year. Um, they showed no fucking passion, um, mm-hmm. which was probably two of those words from Elton John. But um, And then I've seen today that Elton John, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, uh, Mike, but he said that after the last two nights that he's played at Vicarage Road, he, he's, he's realised how much he's missed this place. Um, sitting there, playing on the piano, overlooking his stand, which is sitting opposite to Graham Taylor's stand, his dear mm. friend that he misses so dearly. And he said that after everything's all done with the tour, he he, he wants to be connected with Watford Club again and he wants to be involved. I don't know what that means. Maybe he might want to invest in the club, um, have more say in the club. Um, it'll be interesting to see what actually happens. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's exciting times ahead for Watford at the moment. Um, let's give the board time to get in the right players for Rob Edwards. Um, and I imagine Rob Edwards will, will build a decent squad for us to compete next season. I don't know whether we'll bounce up straight away, but I definitely think it will be a team that will show more passion, which like Elton John's asked for, and it will be a team that will compete. Hopefully it'll be in and around the playoffs or hopefully secure a playoffs. And then we could maybe try to get that promotion, but I don't think we're ready just yet for that. Um, no, Mike, uh, um, yeah, sorry, carry on. Yeah, no, the, I, I just wanted to, off the back of what you were saying there, I, obviously I want us to go back up. I want my team to be in the best league in the world, in the Premier League. But at the end of the day, if we know that we're going to get a team that's going to show a lot more passion than we've seen recently, then I'm all for it. Uh, one example, which always sticks in my mind. Now, whether they were trying to work it out this way or whether it just panned out this way, I don't know. But, Aston Villa, the season they come down um, in 2015-16 season, they they appointed, I think it was Roberto Di Matteo, and they were getting all these big-name players, and they had a dreadful season in the Championship. I think they finished mid-table, um, and I think one of the seasons they got to the playoffs, but then lost in the playoff final to Fulham. I think it might have been that season, actually. They were, they were lingering in mid-table 
Um, and then I can't remember who it was, was in charge of them, got them to the playoff final. They lost to Fulham. And then they come back up the next season. But if I know that my team are going to be showing a lot more passion, I don't mind if we stay in the championship, whether we finish sort of mid-table, lingering in and around the playoffs. I'll be honest, I'd be gutted um, if we did lose in the playoffs because I still stand by it. The playoffs are the best thing in the world. As long as your team aren't in them, they're the best thing yeah. in the world to watch. But as long as I know that we're going to get a lot of fight and a lot more attacking, free-flowing football, I don't mind if we stay in this division and then make a real fist of it next season because it's worked for Aston Villa. You know, they, they went down, like I say, lost in the playoff final and then bounced up the next season. And now look at them, you know, they're, they're, they're targeting European football and they've got an England legend as a, a, a football manager and, you know, they're, they're really going places with the players that they're signing. So, you know, I really, really don't mind if, if we do, you know, stay down. Obviously, you, you know, I want us to go up, but sometimes the best thing, it might just be to stay in the division, get the deadwood out, bring through the younger players, give the younger players minutes, and then let's really hit it the next season. But who knows? Yeah. We, we might just hit it from day dot this season and go straight back up. But who knows? Yeah, it, well, we've, we've started to clear out some of that deadwood, um, mm. which you've mentioned. Um, we'll go through the list of the departures and then we'll, we'll just briefly stop on a couple of them uh, or come back to a couple of them. So Kufa Hernandez was the first one out the door. Um, took a lot of Watford fans by surprise um, with where he's ended up, I think, more so than him leaving. I think there was always possibility of him leaving, but for where he's ended up, he's ended up going to America to play in the MLS. He's joined Columbus Crew for um, £8.6 million. Uh, there's add-ons to go on top of that as well if he hits a certain amount of like um, appearances or if they win stuff, so what will get more money from that. Philip Zinkenegel was the second one out the door. He joined Olympiacos for £1.7 million. It's a low fee. We all know that. Um, he was on a long contract. So I think that's very surprising. Not that he left the low fee, but there's also add-on clauses on that as well. So Watford will probably get a bit more money out of that. But it'd be interesting to see what happens with Philip Zinkenegel because their owners at Olympiacos are the same owners at Nottingham Forest where he stayed on loan last season. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a late loan move to Forest for him to be in the Premier League next season. Who knows? Depends on who they bring in and that. Um, Nicholas Nkulu was released by Watford. He, he ended his contract. Same with Andre Gray. Uh, ben Foster also. Uh, Joshua King had a relegation release clause and he and Watford agreed to terminate his contract. Same with Rob Ed, uh, Elliott. He's also had his contract terminated. There's, there's um, talks that he's maybe possibly looking to retire. Musa Sissoko has left Watford and joined Nantes for a reported fee of £1.8 million. Um, and then we've also had a guy that no one's ever heard of. He's joined mm-hmm. race, a real racing club on loan. He's Jürgen Elitum. Um, yeah. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. We've had him for a few him. years, you know. We've, yeah, we've had him for about four or five years. He's similar mm-hmm. to what's happened with Luis Suarez and mm-hmm. Esteban where he was sent out on loan for four or five seasons and then they basically see if they're good enough to then maybe bring him back to Watford. But supposedly he's at real racing club now and they have an option to buy at the end of the season. So he's a player that we'll probably never, ever see. Um, but Mike, out of those departees, who, who's the one you're most disappointed that's left Watford? Um, Gosh, uh, most disappointed with as a player with his time at Watford has got to be Josh King. Now, I know that's not the question you asked me, but I just wanted to bring it up. You know, he's he, he put a, a tweet out, and to be honest, I, I think it was a load of bollocks, really. He's, he's, his agents definitely said, look, mate, you should have you, you should say something on Twitter to the fans. He said, you know, there's been good moments and bad moments, and in the end, we ended up sad. It, it was really poorly worded as well. And I'm thinking, good moments? We, we had those with you? Like, he scored a hat-trick against Everton, fair play. You know, he... He, he did what Troy Deeney did. Uh, Troy Deeney did a lot of the time against uh, Villa, towards yeah. the end of his career. He turned up against the, the games where he really wanted it against Villa, Bournemouth. He had an incredible scoring record against Bournemouth. A lot of people overlook that. Um, and, you know, uh, effectively, that's what Josh King did against his, his former employees. He, he really wanted to stick it to them. But other than that, I, I, 
he really disappointed me. I thought we, I genuinely thought, and you know, there'll, there'll be um, there'll be people that you know remember me saying this to them. I thought he could get double figures for us last season and could be one of the players to to keep us up or be a big hand in keeping us up. And he was just a massive flop. Um, in terms of who I'm disappointed that's left, I don't think out of any of them that you've reeled off, I'm going to really miss, to be honest. Uh, you know, since the Foster stuff come out, uh, I think I talked about Ben Foster on our last episode uh, and I was, you know, backing him up and everything. And I got a bit of stick off, uh, off one of our lads, Jacob, and we were chatting about it at the wedding and, um, you know, they, they've since asked for my views on it again. And, you know, it's not great if the club asked him to stop, but he continued. That That is a bit shitty from Foz. Um, but it still won't change my mind that he, he was a good servant for the club and he made some brilliant saves and put in some brilliant performances. But I did, I was really disappointed to hear that he'd gone against the club's wishes. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think there's anyone that I'm going to particularly miss in terms of footballing ability, because I think they're the players we needed to get out. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 it's who you'd expect to go uh, who's gone, basically. Ian Kulu was brilliant for that game against Arsenal, so uh, he'll be missed purely on that one uh, game. Um, but in all seriousness, yep. no, I don't think there is. The only one I'm, I'm maybe a bit upset about leaving was Cutro Hernandez. He... He was a bit part player last season. He, he he got five goals in his debut season in the Premier League. Um, so for me, he's someone I would have liked to see in the Championship a full season. Easily should have got double figures in that league. We've seen him perform really well um, in other leagues, in lower divisions. Um, so I would have wanted to see him go, but I understand that Watford accepted an offer that they just couldn't refuse. We signed him for £200,000 back about five years ago and to make a massive profit on him like 8.4 million pounds on someone that you've you've signed and hope will be decent it's 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 worked hasn't it mike it, it has I, I, and i'm going to go back on what i've just said where i said there, there isn't anyone in that list i completely forgot you mentioned shoot show and i completely forgot that he'd gone um purely because i think he would have been an absolute beast in the championship I think he would have really teared it up if you know if he kept his head straight and he would have been a real Troy Deeney esque type player and in in the early days when Troy was a real bully, um, athletic and strong and physical. I think Chucho Hernandez would have been just that in the championship. I also think this is a very 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 clever move from Chucho himself. Obviously, as you say, Watford had to. It'd be stupid for Watford not to accept the bid because of how much we spent on him, how much um, Columbus crew were offering. We know that the Pozzo's model is to bring in players young and bring in players cheap, build them up and then sell them on for large profits like we did with Richarlison, for example. Now, I think it's a genius move by Chucho and his team, effectively, behind the scenes, because Chucho realistically should be going over there and absolutely ripping up, up the MLS. So that will put him in the window massively. I would not be surprised, and people can come back to me on this clip, and they can laugh. I can be a Twitter meme. I don't mind. The publicity will be, publicity will be great. But he will, I think he will be at a top club in Europe in the next few seasons, providing he rips it up in the MLS. Because people will look at him and think, this guy's incredible. He's still young. And, um, you know, everyone loves the South American wonder kid as well. So I really do think, providing he rips it up, and that's why I'm repeating it so much, because I don't want anyone taking this out of context, providing he rips it up, he will be at a top European club in the next few years. I think it's a genius move for Chucho Hernandez and a genius move from the Pozzos as well. We've got that money in, as you say, we only spent 200 grand on him. So best of luck to him. Uh, shame he's not staying on, but I think it's it's a good move for both parties. Yeah, definitely. And Harrison agrees as well. Um, Kusho's a big miss. However, the money we got was a no-brainer. And me and Mike agree with you that it's a massive what, what, uh, profit that Watford have made out of him. Uh, Russ Putnam have said, I thought King would have been key last season. Um, 
I think we all think he was key, just like Mike thought he would probably get double figures. Um, but that's that's about all the, the departures that's happened at Watford so far. There will probably be a lot more departures and they're all probably going to be non-homegrown players out the door because the EFL have introduced a rule that you can name no more than 11 non-homegrown players on a matchday team sheet. They have increased the matchday squad now. Mike, haven't they? Up to, mm-hmm. Is it 18 or you can have five substitutions in the championship next season? So that'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see. Um how that works out for teams next season. I imagine teams like Watford with a bigger squad, it'll probably benefit us more than the likes of a team like Rotherham who don't have as much squad depth. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how that works out next season. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot more non-homegrown players disappear. Um, but when we're on a subject of making money out of things like we did with Cucho Hernandez, Mike, we've got a lovely £2 million um, money from Everton Football Club, didn't we, um, during the week? Because um, they sold Richarlison to Spurs, who's, who's just become Spurs' new number nine. I saw the shirt released really? today. Um, yeah, the number nine shirt has been given at um, White Hart Lane. Um, so, yeah, £2 million for, pounds for Richarlison. Happy with that, Mike? Absolutely. I, I, I think I, I Tottenham are crazy spending that money on Richarlison. <laughs> uh, and... Yeah. Everton fans can come at me, Spurs fans can come at me, even Watford fans might want to come at me here. Mark my words, João Pedro, providing he gets the right path in football, will be a better player than Richarlison will be. I'm telling you now. I've seen more talent in João Pedro and more promise than I saw when we had Richarlison. I'm telling you now. The only reason I'm uh, comparing those two is because obviously we got them from Fluminense, the same team. Uh, otherwise, I will not bother sort of comparing them. But Joe Pedro will be a better footballer than, than Richarlison will be. Um, I don't know where he's going to fit in at Tottenham. I know this isn't a Tottenham podcast or an Everton podcast or anything like that, but I don't know where he's going to fit in. Spurs have spent silly money on him. We've got a few quid out in the bank as well. Happy days. And I think as well, mm-hmm. um, I've, I've read somewhere a rumour that Tottenham are also interested in Purvis a stupid man. Um, if if I pronounce that correctly, uh, yes, and I, believe... no, I don't think there was a sell-on clause uh, oh, inserted. Right? No, because oh, we yeah. actually got a really good figure out of it, so we didn't insert a uh, a sell-on clause, say. unfortunately. But yeah, I have seen those links that he could end up going there as well. It's, it's quite interesting that mm. everyone that we scout, well, two people, it's going to end up at Spurs. Um, but yeah, Harrison said it again, don't worry, Mike, I'll stand with you on that. It's not an opinion, it's a fact. And um, that's going off um, what you've said about Richarlison. Um, I can't stand the guy. Like He's a twat, like, He's a twat. Yeah, <laughs> the way he rolls around on a football field and like, I wouldn't mind if he's rolling around because he's actually been kicked, but he's just rolling around for the sake of it and just, he's just drama, isn't he? I've seen today he's got one match bound for throwing that flare back into the crowd as well yeah, and £25,000 fine. Uh, it's just stupid, isn't he? Mm. Um, but yeah, that's that's enough for Richarlison. Um, but I, yeah, I agree with you. I think he's definitely got more potential than Joel Pedro. And I'm glad we've actually got a decent head coach now that can actually help Joel Pedro. Because um, Claudio Manieri and Roger Hed- Hodgson wasn't helping his development as a footballer, where Rob Edwards will. So it'll be good mm. to see how he flourishes under him this season. Uh, Mike, we popped out a tweet during the week about wanting some questions from people on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, we've got four questions coming, so we're just going to run through them quickly. Um, and I've just seen Harrison's um, put, popped in a question as well. So I'll, I'll come back to that in a set, Harrison. Um, first one is from Paul White on Instagram. Um, how many positions, Mike, do you think we need to fill for the new season? Um, personally, I think we, if it's, we're talking starting 11, I'd like another centre-back. Um, I think it's looking like so far that Samir is going to stay. And I think he'll do very well in the second tier of English football. But I'm not sure that Pollock will be given the chance. Providing that they're happy to give Pollock the chance, I'm more than happy for him to play. But I don't know whether he's got a full season in him in terms of, you know, um, quality-wise. He might need to be a, a bit part player. Uh, I would get in another centre-back because I think relying on Cabaselli and Craig Kafka, I love Kafka. I think he's been a brilliant servant for the club. 
You can't be reliant on him. It'll be good to have around him the changing room and the dressing room and etc. Uh, but I would bring another another centre back. Right, you know right what? I think he's going to be used quite heavily this season as well because his connection with yeah. Rob Edwards. Both they Blackwood, played so. together, didn't they? Blackwood. Yeah, I fear that he's going to probably be, especially if we play three of about. I think he's going to be the main one there, uh, and then maybe you might have younger people either side of him. But I, mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a lot of Craig Cathcart this season. Sorry, mate, yeah. to cut you up. No, no, no. Uh, you make a solid, solid point, mate. Uh, obviously, that connection they they have, Mike's bump him up the order a little bit, but who knows? So I would I would have another right-sided centre-back. Um, I would probably have a... I'd probably go for another midfielder. I don't know how long... I think losers pick... Did he have surgery? Um, so I don't know if he's still carrying a knock or whatnot, whether he'll be fit for the first game of the season, I don't know. Uh, I would go for a midfielder just to add to the ranks. Uh, Goslin and Cleverly, as long that I'm more than happy for them to play a part. If if they're to be rotated between them, I don't know. Um, I believe Goslin has played under, uh, has played with um, Edwards as well. I might be wrong on that. Yeah, I'm I sure think I saw that. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I saw sure that. I read something somewhere, but um, but yeah, it, it, if they're if them two are rotated between the two, that's fine. Again, good players to have experience we know from being in the championship before that we need a players in that team that have done it in that league before and Gosling proved last time that he was a perfect signing for that cleverly proved last time that he had the legs for it he probably doesn't have the legs for it now in fact no he doesn't have the legs for it now um so you know he he can't be playing a full season so I'd go another midfielder uh, and then um the obvious one a striker um, you know, Johnson Clark Harris for me, I, I think we, we have to go and get him. Uh, I, I was in the 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 sort of area of Perot. I was happy that we were linked with him and I was really looking forward to hopefully reading that we were close to getting him until I read that Swansea wanted £15 million. Pounds. We're not going to pay that money for him. Um, so and I, I'm, I'm glad that we're not as well. Uh, Luca Zhao as well. If he's if the rumours are true and Reading are willing to let him go for two million, snap him up. Um, you know, Forrester sniffing around as well. Obviously, the the lure of the Premier League is probably going to be a stronger proposition uh, than playing in the same league, but for a different team. Um, but yeah, Luca Zhao, Johnson, Clark Harris. I think we need a striker, an English striker, um, who's who's done it in the Championship. So. I would say three. Long, long uh, answer, I know, but three positions. Uh, you do love your long answers, mate. I'm general. trying to speed this up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apologies. Try and keep them a bit shorter on the other questions, mate. Um, <laughs> uh, who do you think should be our centre-back partnership slash trio this season? Uh, this is from Connor on Instagram. He, he would like to see a pairing of Sirielta and Pollock. Uh, well, if we play three at the back, um, Samir, Pollock and Sierra Elsa. And then yeah. I would rotate one of them with Cathcart. I don't mind who it is as long as I see Pollock next season. I really want to see a lot of him next season. Like If, if there's a three, I think he could work really well um, in a three. It'd be interesting to see if Samir sticks around as well. Have you seen... There's obviously rumours that he may go back to Indonesia. I don't know whether it's true or not, but mm. if he does, we might need we need to bring in another left-sided centre-back, don't we, to replace him? Because he's the only left-sided um, centre-back we've got, isn't he, Samir? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I, I think Pollock's right-footed. So, yeah, I think he is. Um, question from George White on Twitter now. Um would you take the playoffs if it was offered to you right now, Mike? Um, I assume he means going up or if if he means just placing in the playoffs, then yes, I would. Yeah. Yeah, no, same. I think I'm not too sure what to make of next season. I don't I don't know where we're gonna stand. At at the moment with this squad, I don't think we'll make the playoffs. I think we need a couple of big signings. I'm not to say that we're gonna spend a lot of money, but like to make a statement, um and we need, like we've said, we need the right players in the right areas. And I think once we got those in, um, we could hit the playoffs. And then last one um, from Big Man, Big Man <laughs> on Twitter. Um, 
His also name is Pragmatic. Um, he has said, is Vacuum Bio capable of scoring 20 goals or thereabouts, even if he is fit all season? He doesn't intimidate me like Timu Puki or Joel Peru, um, who has been linked with us. Um, do you reckon he could hit 20 goals? It's a big ask for his first season in English football, isn't it? It is, but, you know... Players have done it before in their first season in English football. Um, and, you know, players have come over and absolutely hit the ground running. I think, it's, was it not Perot's first season in English football? He signed from PSV Reserves or PSV itself? Yeah. I don't know. Didn't they get him for like a million as well? So they've done yeah. really well. because He's hit the ground running, hasn't he? I know you yes, said you didn't want to spend 15 million on him, but yeah, how yeah. much would you put on him? Um. I don't know the English. I know he's not English, but the English market's crazy nowadays. So, um, you know, if we could get him for five million, um, I, I don't think the Pozzos would spend double figures on him. So even going up to ten million, I, I just don't see it happening. Um, I, I can't remember the last time who our, who our biggest signing was in terms of transfer fee. I, I can't remember, but uh, I, I just couldn't see the Pozzos spending that money. In the We're in a championship or as as an all? As as an all-time, was it Pereira was the last one, was it? Or uh we got Ismail Assad, didn't we, ah. for about 30 odd and then yeah. um Andre Gray, 18, <laughs> yeah, Isaac Sussex, your favourite, uh, yeah. Mr. Jack Daniels, was it? Uh ye, Bailey's, wasn't it? Bailey's, Mr. Mm. J- Mr. Bailey's, yeah. Mm. Um it actually did really well in the yeah. last season, didn't he? They called um, him Mr. Assist in yeah, my Mr. Assist. Uh, Instagram post, which was quite funny. Um, I saw that. I make me chuckle. <laughs> but yeah, I, I look. Do I know if he's going to score twenty goals? If I knew that, then I'd, I'd stick a load of money on it and I'd be a time <laughs> traveller. But um, I'm going to back him. That, that's all I can do, and all we can do as Watford fans. Um, I, I don't think that. I think people need to. Hopefully, this isn't going to be the guy that we're pinning our promotion hopes on. I would be very, very surprised if we just left it at this and this Albanian guy coming in as well. I would be very surprised if we left it at that. So, do I think he's capable of 20 goals? Anyone's capable of anything if they put their heart to it. Um, so, I don't very know is, is the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I know the answer to the next one probably. It's not mm. the question. It's like the next little topic to go on. New home show, Mike. Bet you love it. Yeah, yeah, I do like it. Really, really like it. Um, I, I think it, it's it's plain and simple. Um, and yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not sure I was a fan of the yellow and black stripe from last season. Whereas this, mm-hmm. it's just a clean, you know, completely, you know, simple kit. And I love the third kit that Elton brought out as well. It reminds me of the season we went up under Yukanovich. We had black and white that season. But I noticed this one's got like a... a um, Collar and button, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of that, big, big fan of those sort of kits. We had them under Matanzari last, mm. um, so yeah, I'm a big fan of the kit. Hopefully, going to get it in the next couple of weeks. My old man's getting it for me as a late birthday present, so yeah, um, I was gonna yeah, say, I bet you pre ordered it already, but yeah, you get yeah. it um, a bit later on from your old man, don't you, sir? I do indeed, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting till they actually come out in the shop so then I can go over and. Um, size myself up because I've seen it on players and it looks quite tight and I don't want to yeah. order the wrong size. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably go over at the weekend or weekend after the, to get it um, and to get my little girl's one as well. Um, she's turning two in September so I have to get her name and number on the back of that as well. Um, but yeah, absolutely love it. And that third kit just, yeah, it looks really smart and I just love it. It reminds me of like a, a Juventus shirt just looking at yeah. it, I don't know, that's just because of the black and whites and that's what we're playing, but I look at that and it's like, yeah, Juve playing that kind of colours, we, we we're, we're going to have success this season. Yeah, I think it's something to do with the 1922 season. I think yeah. I, I've read somewhere that it's inspired from that. Someone, yeah, I read somewhere... Yeah, I read somewhere that someone on Twitter said, it's to commemorate the last time we won a game we were wearing black and white. <laughs> uh, that did make me laugh. But, um, yeah, no, big fan of it. I'll, I'm, I'll be getting that. Really like the goalkeeper kit as well, the, the grey one. Uh, I'm sure there'll be another one which is green or blue or whatever. 
but the grey one again nice and simple mm. uh, I think just on the topic of kits although ours are really good I think the winner of the best kit this season for me uh, has got to be Norwich theirs is theirs is brilliant so yeah I'll be telling the uh, the Norwich podcast that we usually speak to as well and, uh, and, and getting their thoughts on it but yeah uh, I think they're, they're just about peeps us at the post. Yeah, I'm looking forward to speaking to all the opposition podcasts that we um, first met in the Championship a couple of years ago. Um, it'll be good yeah. to get some of them back on and they'll be getting us back on as well. So I'm looking forward to sorting that out. Um, be interesting to see how everyone's doing. It's a shame that we're not going to be in the same league as Derby, boy, because those lads were absolutely top draw. Um, but <laughs> I, I do follow their progress as well so yeah I'm, I'm glad they've been saved as well and yeah. derby county have been bought out so fantastic news and they're they're making signings and hopefully they'll return to the championship quite soon um because yeah i've got a soft spot for derby after the connection that we made with their, their podcasts over there so yeah i do like derby um but a championship club now, Mike. Um, Reading have announced today that they wrote to up the other 23 clubs in the division about wanting to do £20 away tickets um, for next season. Uh, three clubs have confirmed so far. So what they want to do is Reading will charge their away fans £20, but in return, they want the opposition fans to do it for their fans when they travel mm-hmm. up to them. Um, so I think this is an absolutely fantastic idea. And this should, this should be across all the leagues. Uh, should be League One, League Two, Championship, Premier League. We've heard it before, 20 is plenty. Um, you need to keep it, the cost down, especially with now the cost of living through the roof. Like, it's just a joke, like petrol. It's like, like you're, not, you're not driving like, mm. yet, so you haven't got this headache. But a full mm. tank of petrol the other day for me, and it was like touching 90 quid. And I was like, fucking hell. That's like, mm. It's like doubled in like a couple of years. I remember during the start of the pandemic, I went down to Sainsbury's and I saw it was like one pound a litre because there was no one buying fuel back then because you weren't going out. Now it's like one pound ninety odd. It's like mm. fucking hell. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's my um, little <laughs> speech. I'm turning into Martin Lewis now. Sorry, um, but yeah, um, yeah, fantastic news from Reading and hopefully what we get on board, Mike. Yeah, I really hope so. As you say, with everything that's going on at the moment, the cost of living going up, twenty pounds. It- what's it to these football clubs like gate receipts you, you you're charging 20 quid a, a season a, a game sorry and you, you're still making you know money back the premier league teams subsidize it at 30 quid a ticket so you know why can't the lower leagues go lower than that you know um it's um it, it's really really baffling that teams haven't done this already and like you say i really hope that watford do get back to them maybe it's gone in the junk folder of Mr. Pozzo's emails and he's just not seen it yet. I don't know. But um, yeah, it's, it's brilliant and, and something we should do. I think we've done something similar before Watford have with a, a team. Yeah. Like they've said, we've done it. I want to say we've done it with at least one or two where we agreed it with each other and for the season, I'm it, was sure it might have been ready. Yeah. So I'd be more than happy, you know, because you could easily spend, I mean, this, I haven't been to football games regularly since um, the season where me and you went a lot, the um, season under Sonino uh, and the promotion season. And even then, like, for me personally, I could easily spend 100 quid on, on, on a game of football. You're looking 30-odd quid for your ticket. You're looking 20-odd quid um, train return. You've got your food and drink on top of that. Um, and, you know, you, you could be, like I say, could easily be spending 100 quid just on a game of football. So... If, if more teams can get beyond this and we can, you know, lower the, the, the cost of football, you know, these these clubs surely aren't going to see a difference, a too big a difference, I should say. So, yeah, fair play to Reading and congratulations to, well, I'd say congratulations because I read a comment in the bottom corner and my head's on my arse there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, fair play to them and hopefully we follow suit. Definitely. Uh, we've just got a comment from Matthew Wilson. He says, hi, guys. Great work. Loving the show. Uh, I've arrived a, a bit late. Apologies if you've already discussed the goalkeeping situation. We haven't yet. This is why I'm bringing it up now, Matthew. It's a good timing. Uh, but what do you think of um, Akoi first choice, Batman stay or to go um, with Elliot gone? Who's for third choice? Um, Akoi's got to be number one with the money you spent on him. Surely, Mike. Yeah, I think Akoi will be number one. I do think Batman will go. Um, I, 
I don't know if Man United... I've read somewhere that Man United couldn't meet our valuation. That's either Man United being incredibly tight or us asking for way too much money. Uh, yeah. It's no secret that Ten Hag wanted uh, Daniel Backman at Ajax as well. So that's where the link has come from for any Man U fans that were really confused as Did to why they were... Did you see that Daniel Backman is classed as homegrown as well because he came through the Stoke Academy? And um, so oh, right, that's okay. why we... I don't think Watford really wanted to sell him as well because we, we're we trying to hold on to these homegrown players, aren't we? And Daniel Batman's classed as one of them. So I think that's another factor in why Watford maybe put a couple more millions on his price tag. Well, I think, I'm think i sure I read somewhere that Watford are going to be in the market providing if Batman was to go... Well, I suppose if Batman was to go, then yes, we would. But I think I read somewhere that regardless that we, we're in the market for a homegrown goalkeeper. Uh, Rob Elliott's gone... If Backman stays, of course, he'll be number two. Um, I Pontus Dolberg, I, I I was so excited for the guy. But mm. two promotion, uh, two loan spells, which have both sort of culminated in both teams being relegated from League One. <laughs> from he League was at one Doncaster. Then he went down. He got dropped at Donny. Then he went to Gillingham, got dropped there, and went, they went down. So, you know... Whether he's just finding English football hard to accustom to, I don't know. I don't think he's going to have a future at the club. Uh, hopefully, he has a better loan spell this time round. I believe he's gone out to Austria with the team. Why wouldn't he? Um, I'd imagine the club are looking for relevant suitors for him. Uh, but he won't be third choice. I, I, I think the, the club will get in a, a young third choice goalkeeper. Or they could go with that Vincent Angelini. Angelini, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce he's it. He's been in and around the first team for a while, hasn't he? He's been travelling with the squad, and obviously it's over in Austria now. So uh, he, he, I don't know if he'll be classed as homegrown because I also saw a rule that um, homegrown is only England, not Scotland, Wales, or Northern Ireland. So he's classed as a non-homegrown. He's non-home. He's non-homegrown, but he is under twenty-one. So you don't need to register. Okay, gotcha. You say he's not. He doesn't come into effect that just yet. Uh, I don't believe so. No. Yeah, we we'll have to read up on our stuff, won't we? <laughs> You'd think we'd do it before the pod, but hey ho. <laughs> now we do it mid. Let's just pause the show. We'll, we'll read up on this, that, and we'll come back. To you. Go yeah. get a cup of tea, lad. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, also, quickly, um, I just want to comment to B. I'm not sure what your your whole name is, um, but he's he's asked. He or she's asked, how's yeah. married life been? Congratulations, um, by the way. Thank you very much. Uh, married life is the same as what it was like before married life. Um, it just comes with more debt now because um, we've got to <laughs> pay for the wedding. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it, it, it's fantastic. Thank you. and Thank you for your congratulations. Um, Mike, very quickly, um, mm. two youngsters have signed professional contracts at Watford. Shaq Ford and also Aidan Manning have signed um, their first professional contracts with Watford. Great news for them, isn't it? And it, it'll be interesting to see if they're in and around the squad. Obviously, we're, we're not expecting them to walk into the starting eleven, but you're expecting them to fill places on the bench next season, really, aren't you? Yeah, I really hope Shaq Ford gets a look in. You know, I, I think Roy Hodgson singled him out and said, um, you know, that. He, he recalled him from a loan, didn't he? And said, I want him in and around the first team. But he made the bench, what, twice? Didn't didn't really, nothing really happened. So hopefully Shaq's going to be part of the, the plans this season. Uh, I can't proclaim to knowing too much about Aidan Manning. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Possibly I thought he scored a cracking goal against Cardiff in the FA Youth Cup when they knocked him out. Uh, it was actually mm. Screamer. They showed it again today because he signed his contract today. So it's on the social media pages of Watford if you want to have a look. It's absolute belter. So have a look after the show, Mike. But yeah, mm. he, don't know too much about him. I think he spent last season on loan at a couple of places. He might have been at Kings Langley as well with Ford. Um, so he, he's gotten... Um, experience out on loan at men's football which is important for his academy players yeah and you know whether he gets a loan to league one or league two that might be the best thing for him if, if he has had a loan in the in the conference then it might be best that he does have a loan uh you know in similar to daniel league. phillips at Gillingham last year 
Yeah, although we've released him because he, he got an absolute <laughs> yeah, bollocking. He gets off every from, three, four games, didn't he? Yeah, I think the um, Neil Harris, the um, Gillingham boss, gave him a formal warning because of the amount of red cards and yellow cards he was picking up. So, mm. And I, I can imagine what it's like to get a bollocking off Neil Harris. And yeah. I can imagine it wasn't very... Uh, very nice at all. But yeah, um, I really hope it works out for him. And I hope they're the first of many. We, we've talked about on the podcast before, since the Pozzos have come in, um, you know, bringing players through from the youth team has been a thing of the past. That's what we were known for before the Pozzos. And some were good, some were crap. But, you know, we still did it and it was good to have that. So they've said in one of Andrew French's uh, interviews with uh, Scott Duxbury that, I think uh, Jimmy Gilligan and uh, Richard Johnson have highlighted six or seven players that they believe uh, will be making, well, will be making the, the jump over to the first team uh, and training with us. So hopefully that's a sign of things to come from our, um, our you know, youth team. And we, we yeah. signed that young lad from Stockport under 23s as well. Yeah. Uh, he Scott follows Hogan, us on Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. Instagram, yeah. Um, so hopefully he's watching we'll now, if you are. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, hopefully, you know, it works out for him as well because we've signed players to the under 23s before and you think, yeah. oh, this is it. We've got to kickstart the, the gap and then they just well, go. We've, like, we've so, seen it with the likes of Pochettino Jr., Burkamp Junior, Wise Junior, but yeah, yeah. they don't kick on. Uh, We've signed not... Edu's son as well. Yeah, I, I, it hasn't been officially announced yet, but there is talks of it. And it'd be interesting to see what this link between Watford and Arsenal is going to be, because it was mentioned in a Arteta news conference last season, wasn't it? I think so. He said he wants Watford and Arsenal to work closely. So I think he wants Watford to help develop Arsenal players and then um, we'll send them back after a loan spell. <laughs> Edu is something to do with the like a director of football sort of role yeah. at Arsenal. He was at the John concert last night. He was indeed, yeah. So yeah. he's obviously being neighbours at the training grounds mm. uh, helps in some form. And, you know, whether we strike up a little bit of a partnership, they send out their promising players. A bit like how we're expecting half of Man City's youth team to go over to Burnley now that Vincent Company's there. Yeah. You know, hopefully we can you know, string up a sort of similar relationship with Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. let's watch this space and see what happens. And very finally, last one, Mike, um, we'll keep it nice and short, but John Eustace, we was linked with him in the summer. We, we turned our attentions to Rob Elliott instead, but former Watford captain, um, he, he's the new manager of Birmingham City. Um, over the moon that he's actually made his first jump into professional um, management at a, a decent standard at a championship at Birmingham City. But it's a shame that that club's about to be taken over by Lawrence Bassini, mm. isn't it, Mike? I've warned my mates and they're like, no, you know, it's great that we're being taken over. I've said, OK, don't say I didn't warn you. It's a real tough one for me, this one is, because I, I, it's no secret to uh, mates, even the Birmingham City supporting ones, that I'm not really fond of Birmingham City. Um, and to be honest, I'm not really fond of Aston Villa anymore. But um, yeah, I really want Eustace to do well. He's obviously linked back up with Troy. Mm. Troy was, um, you know, new to the club when Eustace was there. Um, and, you know, he's a real leader. I think he's just what Birmingham City need at the moment. Lee Bowyer didn't work out for him. He had a decent start for them um, in, in lockdown. They actually helped us out a couple of times. I think they drew with Swansea. And they beat Reading, uh, and back then we needed those to um, to. They were direct promotion threats, so they they did us a favour at the time. But yeah, um, Eustace, I think he, he's someone that will get the best out of players. He's a leader. We know he's a leader. He won't take no shit from anyone. He'll really rally them together, and he knows Troy. I wouldn't be surprised. You ask any Birmingham City fan, uh, and some Watford fans might be surprised. They might not be surprised. But you ask any Birmingham City fan how life has been with Troy Deeney, they thought it was all going to be a, a dream come true. But it's not worked out for Troy for whatever reason. I guarantee this season, it's going to happen anyway. He's going to score the winner against us twice. So they're already picking up six points. They might as well, when they publish the fresh league tables with the standings, stick Birmingham City on the top with six points and just, just put us goal difference on minus whatever. 
because they're going to beat us next season. Troy Deeney's going to score the winner in both games. But in all seriousness, Troy Deeney, Eustace will know how to get the best out of Troy. Uh, yeah. And yeah, they, who knows, they, they might do well next season. But um, yeah, Bassini is a bad, bad man. So I, I've warned my mates, but they won't listen to me. So they'll just have to see it for themselves. But how he's being allowed, it's criminal by the EFL. How he's being yeah. allowed to even flirt with the idea of buying a football club, let alone the, the deadline. I think the takeover is going to be complete this Thursday, someone was telling me earlier. But that's football for you. Yeah. Full of crooks. Yeah, it really is. And just glad he's not in charge of our football club anymore. But it's a shame that he's, like you say, been allowed to purchase another football club. I thought EFL are meant to be there to overlook things and protect clubs. And they're really not, in this case, with Birmingham City. Uh, Joe Thomas has put a comment in, um, the man shouldn't be allowed anywhere near a football club. You can't help but feel for the Birmingham fans. And mm. yeah, me and Mike Echo. Uh, well, Mike, <laughs> maybe Mike maybe not the last bit, Joe, but the first <laughs> bit, you shouldn't be allowed near a football club. But the last bit, I beg to differ. <laughs> but yeah, um, good to see you the other night, Joe, as well. Yeah, John concert. Um, I'll, I'll stop for longer next time and grab a drink with you. Um, and also, Matt Wilson has also put uh, up a comment saying, John Eustace or not, Lawrence Bassini, I feel sorry for Birmingham City. Uh, enough said. It can't end well, can it? And like Mike says, I think it's going to be made official on Thursday. So, yeah, feel sorry for Birmingham City fans. But, yeah, that's it for um, our first episode back after our pre-season. Uh, it wasn't too bad tonight, Mike, was it? We didn't have to do any bleak tests or anything. We've just eased straight back in. We didn't do no ball work. Um, it's been all right, Pre-season, yeah. it's, it's it's all right. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been good. I was I was dreading what what we were going to be uh, put under in uh, in the pre-season podcast, but yeah, all good. A couple of beers got through, um, and yeah, back on the pod. Like I said, the back end of last season, I'll hopefully be on it a lot more this coming season. And um, yeah, we we've got some good stuff lined up hopefully. And yeah, yeah. I, I I can't wait to get other podcasts back onto the pods and we'll be appearing on theirs, hopefully. So we, we're going to put a poll out on Twitter soon to see what we can do to improve it and what you guys as the listeners want to hear more of, etc. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to next season, Ben. I really cannot wait. And hopefully we're going to end next season with another drunken pod talking about us being promoted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember that day. I, I listened to it back the other day and I, I was giggling all the way through that. But yeah, like you say, mid season will be good. We've got some really good things lined up and I don't want to say too much into it. And I said to Mike, we're not going too much into depth with it um, because I, I don't want to jinx things and I'm superstitious. Uh, but touch wood, good things are very uh, are lining up for us. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, we'll be back soon. I don't know when. We'll definitely be back for a preview of the Sheffield United game, which kicks off on Monday, the 1st of August. Um, so we'll definitely be back for that. But we might be back before that. We're waiting for more signings so we can come back and talk about it. But yeah, thank you everyone who's joined in tonight and interacted with us and watched live. And um, if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit the at subscribe button. Don't forget to like it. Drop your comments. Let us know what your thoughts are. Um, and yeah, we'll be back soon. Um, stay safe, everyone, and come on you odds. Sports Social Podcast Network.